You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. All right, y'all, it is time to talk about workers bump in the night. It is spooky season, and man, it's it's time to geek out about Halloween. And for this wonderful occasion, I am joined by the one and only Pastor Will. How are we doing? I am doing great, and I'm, I'm really fighting the temptation to say happy Reformation Day, because I know that gets <laughs> nerves. As a Lutheran pastor who talks about, we have Reformation Sunday, this Sunday, and then confirmation class, I'm going to teach about Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King, which my kids think I'm talking about. I'm going to say Martin Luther. and um, But I'm not going to say happy Reformation Day. I'm going to say happy Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, the night before All Saints' Day, a night when mischief and shenanigans and candy and cosplay can just be at full tilt. So I'm I'm excited about this too, Jeff. Cool. And if you are tuning into this, that means you have found the home of Systematic Geekology. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> and, you know, this, this is one of those things for me that has garnered me some some opinions from the wider Christian community <laughs> because, because it's one of those things that a lot a lot gets said about a lot of things and I'm not going to get into the history of it all but suffice it to say um, there's a lot of different things that come into that come into Halloween and what we know as American Halloween. Um, it is not directly pagan. It is not directly Wiccan. It is not directly demonic or satanic. It is a lot of things from a lot of different cultures and a lot of um, different areas of the world. And then on top of it, you have um, America's influence on it themselves. And so I I, I set the table to say. You know, it, it it bears it bears mentioning that that this is one of the more controversial conversations that can be had throughout the year as far as what you have a fandom about. I know for some Christians, it's hard to conceptualize that a Christian would have a fandom of Halloween. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I set that table to say that's not something you know. We we all know it's know it's more nuanced than that, and so. That's not part of the conversation that we're necessarily going to hang on, but rather let's celebrate the fact that there's a lot of different fandoms within the holidays or the Halloween season that are fair game to geek out about, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so this is our Halloween special. And and yeah, we're just geeking out on on this day. There's so much excitement and build up to it. Um you know, I on other podcasts, Joe and I've had the conversation that you know the the how people prepare for Christmas that time has gotten longer and longer and months and months and months. And I think Halloween too. It's not just October. It's like starts in like August. Uh, people are getting ready for for Halloween. But I, you know, I personally did not grow up in like a conservative evangelical household. You know, we were like nominal Lutherans who went to church on Sunday, but I did not have the baggage with Halloween of being like, oh no, watch out for the dangers of the demonic. And if you invite a demon into your house, it's going to take over kind of thing. It, mine was like, hey, you know, this is a part of like childhood of 
cosplaying and dressing in costume and getting free candy and perhaps uh, a scary movie. Or when I was a kid, um, close to teenage land, uh, that's when they debuted Michael Jackson's uh, video Thriller, which was like a buildup and an opportunity to gather around MTV to watch this video and be like, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, so, so all that's kind of wrapped up with like, I didn't have the baggage of like either or, um, either Halloween or, you know, choose uh, Fall Fest at your church. It was like, no, it's it's the night before All Saints and it's it's a spooky time and we're going to have fun and not attach anything, any baggage to it. Right, right, exactly. So um, jumping into it, you know, I feel like it, it needs to be said this connection that Halloween has with horror and horror movies. People like being scared. It's why horror is what it is. And for me, there's this close connection, A, because that, that was growing up, but B, there, some of the best storytelling can be told through the lens of horror because it it not only allows for the realities of the conversation of the situation and gives lyrics to that, but it also can very brilliantly display somebody overcoming those um, that what those uh, obstacles or that issue or that situation. Um, I don't know if you guys will be hearing this first, um, or or if uh, by this time the uh, SG Drive-In episode with myself and Sari came out. But if it is out and you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Um, it's on 1978's Halloween, and one of the things that we talk about is this concept of the final girl, and we talk about how. Um, Jimmy Lee Curtis is the original Scream Queen and the original Final Girl and how important that is to show that that concept of the Final Girl done well. Now, is it done well every single time? Absolutely not. But it's an important thing. And so I I personally that that's where i start the, uh, start this conversation is even even as a kid for those of you that grew up in the 90s you'll know amc every year had the halloween movies on on that whole that whole night and there's just this nostalgia of trick or treating and haunted houses and horror movies centered around this holiday yeah, and I, I was that kid who was who was kind of a wimp and and did not want to watch the horror movies. I whenever you know late or yeah late elementary school, early teenage years, my friends were like, let's watch Friday Thirteenth, let's watch Halloween, let's do these. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, nope, don't not gonna do it. And I I just did not want to do that. I would do other things, but I will share that like um, there was an evening. I don't know how old I was, but like I was staying up late watching TV everyone was in bed and I was kind of flipping the channels and I stumbled upon the black and white, uh, night of the living dead, George Romero's zombie movie. And I was just like, I was just drawn in and could not stop watching it. And I, since then have had like a love hate relationship with the zombie genre and, and just love that aspect of it. It just, this the aspect of you, I, and I'm and I'm old school. Like I like the slow. Yeah, I know there's fast zombies. There's there's movies that do sprinting zombies and like whatever. But I like the slow zombies that you can get away from 
you can hole up, maybe hide from. But the fact that it's always lurking and coming at you, this kind of uh, illustration and, and analogy of death always lurking and coming after you. And you might be able to escape it a little bit, uh, but eventually it's going to catch up with you. So I think these horror movies help us face and hold up the mirror of our finitude. And what are we going to do with that time? What are we going to do with the time that we do have? And what do we value most in this world? If the apocalypse happens, if the zombie apocalypse breaks out, what am I going to value and save first? So I think for me, like the, the hack slash um, horror movies, jump scares. Yeah, I, I've seen them. I, I, I like them. I don't dislike them. But but for me, that that zombie genre is is a big part of like what I lean into during this season uh, for for a whole host of reasons. And aside, you mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it's pretty cool. Like they, my hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina, is where they film the kind of the latest reboot of these Halloween movies. And a friend of mine had a homeless ministry downtown um, in, in Wilmington by the river. And she walked by one day and gave him a hug and took a selfie and posted on her social media saying, this guy's doing good work, uh, reaching out to others in love. And like his ministry of reaching out to the homeless just blew up and made the news and was getting funny because she just did one tweet or one picture about it because she, after a week of filming was watching him do this work day after day down by the river, feeding the homeless and then like posted it. And it really changed how he did ministry. So um, I'm a fan of her for a whole host of reasons before that, but then her um, reaching out to my friend who had a homeless ministry in, in, um, in Wilmington is pretty cool too. And I, I love that connection in my hometown. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is one of those actresses that, you know, I think from a, from a movie perspective, she may, you know, want to say a little bit less during interviews sometimes, but other <laughs> than that, she's, she's a humanitarian first. And that, like that it's, it's just cool. Like that, that it, it's a person who cares about people and, you know, with, with something like the horror movies one of the best things about it is you can have and this is this can be extended out to all of geekdom but but horror movies they they have different flavors they have different types and each one kind of brings about and elicits a different kind of conversation and so while some people may be into some sort of some kinds of movies or some kinds of horror or some aspects of it other people could be into other things and have that same kind of connection, but with an entirely different type of, of movie. You know what I mean? Like for me, I, I can appreciate now the older zombie movies because they all, because the living dead movies have stories to them. They have, they have stories underneath the surface. Um, George Romero was infamous for his his commentary and working that commentary into um into the the fabric of what he was doing but also not being afraid to tell a story on top of it you know what i mean like i'm i am all for if you want to have a message with your art have a message with your art but if you're going to set out to tell a story then tell a story you know what I mean? There have been tons of people that have proven the fact that you can do both. And so sacrificing story just to send a message uh, it just doesn't make for very good content. You, you've said a message, but you might as well have just given a lecture at that point. But Romero was one of the best 
at interlacing those two together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, you know people talk about well, what you know, what movies do you watch around Christmas? What was your go to movies around around Halloween? And and I and I do think uh, like either the night before or the night of Halloween, I, th- I think I'm gonna bust out the black and white original Night of the Living Dead because I, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I'd love to watch it and go back and look at because it, it has a lot of social commentary in it uh, as well. And and I think you're right, like the horror genre, like any fandom, like, you know, t- take Star Wars, you know, I mean, you got the serious ones, you got the the big blockbuster popcorn movies, you got the cartoons, you got some for kids, this Andor show is a little bit more adult, a little bit more slow burn. And and they just released, a, um, you know, the, the Tales of the Jedi, which, you know, is animated, but, but man, it has some little darker, darker themes to it. So horror has the same. You got the, we talked about Beetlejuice. So you have the, the comedy horror, you know, but then you have the really dark stuff, the, the gory stuff. You have the Saw movies. You, you know, I'd love to like go through, maybe not today, but at some point, Joe, I, I just want to, I want to create my list of like top 20 horror movies and then get your hot take like give me like 30 seconds you know how like whole church does like the 10 second breakdown of what you think about things yeah. i would love to say like all right saw movies what's your 10 second take uh the <laughs> uh zombie movie, what, walking dead give me your 10 seconds so one one day we'll have to do that joe i'd love to just interview you and, and give your try to keep you under 10 seconds which each of those movies <laughs> uh, and that'd be a challenge that'd be a challenge because yeah, i've yeah. i've spent a lot of time it's funny because i getting being a part of the production side of making helping to make b movies or being a part of these events where um it's you know you, you can see the fandom coming together and all of that kind of stuff or acting in um in haunted houses i did that for oh, uh, oh tons of years yeah um in it's 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 fun and it's it, it gives a different perspective because this is something that you know yeah i mean watch watch your spirit on things but at the same token like it's just like anything else when when it comes to the to the fandom of it all so yeah i mean for me my go to on on Halloween is going to have to be Halloween. I think either Halloween or scream one of the two. Um, that's, that's more, that's more my speed. I love, um, slasher flicks probably because it's very much a good versus evil sort of, sort of story, like pretty, pretty plain English and all of that. And so, yeah, that'll probably be what my wife and I, and we're the types that we, we got married in October we honeymooned in Salem, and so like we are, we are a very pro Halloween household. Yeah, what well, my wife and I, one of our first kind of dates was it a date? Kind of maybe it's a date, but we don't know. But we're getting close to maybe this is a date. Uh, what was a haunted house uh, when we were in college and walking through it together, kind of holding hands as we're going through the haunted house and. Um, so, and me hamming it up, like I was really scared so I could get closer to her. So that was part of, part of my, part of my story. Uh, but yeah. And then we've been to Halloween horror nights down in Orlando, uh, a few times. So my first church was down in, in South Florida. So we would drive up to universal and, and do the Halloween horror nights. And man, one of the scariest, creepiest things I've ever experienced and walked through was one of their haunted houses. Some were just like, Oh, that's fun. You know, it's kind of like a tour through a movie, but, but there was one like insane asylum where I was walking through like, 
and then bathroom stalls were kind of opening with people staring at. Me. I mean, it was like it was one. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the most creeped out, and I still have visions of that. So if done well, you know, haunted houses are a big part of this season too. And, and yeah. I remember taking my kids to Boo at the zoo, and there was a little fog machine, and and uh, then walking them through, and that freaked them out a little bit. Just kind of that the mystery of walking through, and then but then you kind of level up in those big time horror horror farms, horror uh, haunted house, those those kinds of things. Um, we're going to go to a party to a friend's house um, the, on, on Halloween night and um, around the corner every year, some house does does their version of a haunted house. And so we'll probably walk through that too. It's, it's fun. It's part of the night. Yeah. I, uh, I have a very distinct memory of when I lived in Ohio. Um, I went to one of the the haunted houses out there that are that are considered a little bit more extreme there's different there's varying varieties of these haunted houses and there are some that are a little bit more intense than others and there was this one where we're walking through and and I'm not I'm not paying I'm everything's going on to my left so I'm not paying attention to my right because I think that there's just a wall there they had a contortionist that was that that was one of the the creatures and she's just walking but doing a spider walk right next to me and oh i God. go over and she's hunched backward and she's just looking at me bro bro i yelped that that scared <laughs> the bejesus out of me yeah. but it's it's cool to be able to have it, that's an experience for people that enjoy that sort of thing. And that was part of what I loved about acting in those ones. And I had a whole, a whole character developed by, w w because that, that I, you know, established over the years and all of that. And it, it became something that I, I helped give people an experience on a holiday that they were enjoying and right. and that to me is what those types of things are about. Now, mind you, in my thirties, would I be a little bit more picky about my my haunted houses and go for more of an experience rather than just like jump scares and things like that? Yeah, right. but that that whole haunted attraction thing is is just such a good time and such a that's another one of those really tied in pieces for me for Halloween, even more so than trick-or-treating per se. Because I grew up in the country, there was trick-or-treating, but it wasn't, you had to kind of go to different neighborhoods rather than being able to trick-or-treat in one concentrated area. Right. And so going through and 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 trick-or-treating was a bit more of a, of a process. And so going to haunted attractions that was where the the fun was for me as a kid. Nice, nice. All right, not that I I just had this thought. This was not planned. But what's your what's your quick hot take on churches doing like the scare house that at the end you have to make a commitment to Jesus because if you die you might go. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. I have never I've not been a part of those or done those in my ministry. There may be some who out there who find this an opportunity to share the gospel a different kind of way than I would do it, but uh you know, there are those like Fall Fest and things. There are churches who want to lead into the, the scare house. I don't, but, but. So I'm all for churches putting something on for the community. Yeah. That's not the time to evangelize. 
that's a time to make good associations because if if for a kid now mind you as a parent you you will have an entirely different perspective but as a kid it becomes very easy for it to be i want to go have fun with my friends i can't go have fun with my friends because jesus right right very manipulative not as yeah i mean is that kind of manipulation and we we got you trapped so now that you're trapped we're going to we're going to shove this down your throat i mean right. i think you're right like yeah i'm all for churches opening up and doing activities whether well, it's even easter egg hunts and those kinds of things but you know, it's about a time to build relationships rather than like you said the the overtly evan- evangelistic um you know uh, handout tracks kind of thing because i think this day and age people smell that stuff from a mile away and and they want authentic relationships and community and not kind of manipulate we have you trapped we're just gonna now that we have you here take this so yeah yeah i'm with you yeah it's it's one of those things that you know it goes into the insulating nature of of some aspects of the church where you know we have to insulate ourselves from the evils of the world and all of that and that doesn't really help anybody including the congregates because you're not really training anybody on how to be a part of the world right right you know, we, we look at where we're, how we're called to be and, and it's to love, right. To act in a posture of love, love God, love others. And yeah, Jesus walked with, you know, Jesus wasn't a sinner, but Jesus walked with sinners and, and, and don't take the analogy too far and say people who celebrate Halloween are the sinners. It's a matter of walking with the world and understanding that, we are still in the world, even though we are not of the world. And if we are so insulated that we can't bear to have a conversation, and guys, this goes straight across the board. If you can't bear to have a conversation with another person, a person from a different denomination, a person from a different lifestyle, a person from, I know a big one that I can, uh, that that is a huge net is somebody that is in the, uh, the LGBTQ plus community. I think I said that correctly. Yeah. If you're if you're afraid that you're going to be exposed at a rate that you, you know, because you've interacted with it, you somehow condoned it, or you somehow are going to accidentally worship something or something along those lines, that's that goes into a greater misunderstanding of the holiday as a whole, right? A lot of people don't like a lot of Christians don't like Halloween because they're what if I accidentally worship Satan? As a former occultist, I can tell you that it all is purposeful. Every single bit of it, whether you're worshiping some other spiritual entity other than God or you're worshiping God, you have to do so with purpose and intent. Yeah, God, God, you're not going to trick God. God knows your heart and and God knows you inside and out. So you're not going to like misintention God um, <laughs> with that. And I, and I find the analogy also kind of lends itself and bleeds over to kind of the Comic-Con community. Like there are definitely those right. when I go to Comic-Cons and participate and nerd out and go meet creators and see people in cosplay. There are definitely people on the outside of the building holding signs like uh, you pagan worshipers are going to burn in hell. Why? You know, and I'm like. You think that's going to work, you know, yeah. or rather there's some friends of mine. We're on the inside doing, doing panels and talking to people. And it's no, in my Comic-Con community, it, it's no secret that I'm, that I'm a pastor, but yet I'm not going to bring that up or, 
or shove anything down their throat. It's, it's, it's like, let's have a relationship. I'm more curious about what you geek out on and what, what questions you're asking than I am like trying to fix you in some kind of way. And then through our relationship, that community is going to grow and, and maybe, maybe perhaps you'll see Jesus in a different way or a new way or deeper way. So, right. <clears throat> so, so I think the same way with Halloween and kind of those different kind of subcultures and, and, um, and fandoms and geekdoms as well. And, uh, yeah. And, and definitely, you know, Joe and I don't think are taking the posture of like, well, you have to do this or do that. So there's ins and outs or bad guys or good guys. And it was just like, Hey, we, we like Halloween. We love yeah. it. It's, it's a fun time. But I think as people of faith, there's always that question of like, how is this authentic to my faith and how am I living out my faith within this fandom that, that I geek out on. And that happens not just with Halloween, that can happen, you know, Christmas and Easter and star Wars and star Trek and the zombie genre, you know, all that kind of, how, how do, how do they overlap? What does the Venn diagram uh, lay over and, and express? Yeah. Um, and so what, another one of the, the, um, what, another one of my, my wife and I's favorite aspects of Halloween is decorating. We are the type of people that the house is decorated by September, generally. Um, just because it's it's fun and and all of that. And you know, I, I have at this at this stage in my life used this time with there's there's the cultural side, there's the fun, there's the games, there's the horror movies of it all and and all of that kind of stuff. But there's this other side of taking this time to acknowledge the hear me out the su- the the supernatural of it all right mm-hmm. now that's not about going and doing doing ceremonies or or ghosts or whatever but there is a reality to the fact that the carbon based life form has an expiration date mm-hmm. and there is a reality to respecting who who came before you and and all of that and also reality to respecting the supernatural component of our existence it's a whole thing if you've if you've heard me over on one of the preaching sides of what i do you know that i talk about a lot that christianity is an eastern religion it is not a western religion and if you look at the east at, at its eastern contemporaries each one of them has a very very significant spiritual component to it and and understanding all of that in the context of something like this, it 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 adds a different layer to it. You know what I mean? Like it's still it's still this fun thing, but it also adds this layer of this is a time of year that that accentuates that. Kind of like how, you know, Christmas, we know worst kept secret in Christianity, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Mm. You know what I mean? It, that the the Chris, the nativity story is a children's story. Now, uh, the the American nativity story is a is a children's story. Right. But that being said, that's still a time where, as Christians, we choose to celebrate Jesus's birth at that at that point in the year. Right. It's the meaning meaning making of it, like the purpose behind. It. Yeah, that date was chosen because of winter and darkness and light and Jesus being the light of the world and lighting candles. And from this time forward, things will start getting brighter as we head towards spring. And I think um, Halloween has that same kind of nature of like, yeah, fall, dead leaves are falling, uh, harvest, 
Uh, you know, but what can we do to decorate and to lean into this and kind of our rituals and intention guides our hearts and our minds to, to reflect on deeper questions. So I, I yeah, all about you know, put out, put out some skulls, put out some lights, put out candles. Uh, what is going to draw you into this time to, to, to make meaning out of it and draw your intention to a certain direction in your life that you want to, want to live into, um, Right. So yeah, I, we, we do some decorating as well. I mean, now that our kids are kind of out of the house, we're kind of like, what do we, what do we do next? And uh, we live on the edge of kind of a trail that leads to a walking trail in, in the woods. And we thought about doing like a, a kind of a small ish version of a haunted trail for kids in our neighborhoods to walk down with a smoke machine. One thing my wife did last year that was just brilliant. that just kind of spontaneously did it. She had a, a music box that was connected or speaker connected to her phone and she was playing you know, Halloween music and Halloween songs. And as kids would walk up the driveway to get candy, she would see their costume. And she would say, like, if someone's dressed up as Harry Potter, she would go, Siri, play the Harry Potter theme. You know, start playing the Harry Potter theme as they're walking up the driveway. And the kid was like, oh my gosh. Or they're dressed up as a clone trooper. She would go, um, Siri, play the Star Wars theme. And then the kid, the kid would hear that theme. Uh, a werewolf. And she was like, uh, Siri, play the mo- uh, Monster Mash. And they play the Monster Mash. And they they loved it so much that their theme song was walking up to get candy. I was like, dude, it's so brilliant. We have to do that again. So I'm yeah. hoping that the word gets out in our neighborhood that there's a cool house on the end of the street that plays theme music, has big candy bars and a smoke machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 that's important to consider because – you you look at these kids, right? These kids aren't aren't out here trying to do pagan practices and this and that. They're having a good time. And when you do things like that, you help accentuate them having a good time. And then you take a step back and say, well, wait a minute. That guy that helped facilitate me having a good time with my friends on Halloween, he's a pastor? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. That means that this, you know what I mean? That, that there's a lot of, that doesn't, that, that goes a long way of helping to draw people in rather than trying to draw these dividing lines. That was a question that got asked to me this year of like, okay, so in the last calendar year, you have stepped more fully into a shepherding role. Mm. Does that mean that you're giving up all of this kind of stuff? No. No, because A, I'm not, uh, it's it's not like it's a sin that I've got to give up now that I'm becoming a pastor. But B, I, I would rather be the pastor that helps facilitate some, a, a, an experience and a memory and all of that kind of stuff, rather than somebody hitting people over the head with a Bible saying, you can't do this. If you do this, you're you're doomed and all of that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, we all it's 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 all about staying in the guard in the guardrails of Christianity. And I do think that there is a step there are very regular steps too far in this whole idea of let's love everybody. I do think that ball does get does get taken out of bounds at certain points. But there's a lot of field. There's a lot of field before you start going out of bounds, especially when you consider the full the full breadth of love and reality of that and, and execution of that and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, that's cool that, that you help facilitate that for these kids and using something like technology to be able to, cause that's a memory for that kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. And I, and I think, you know, the, the longer I pastor, I heard it said to me when I was um, in seminary, different things, and I didn't quite believe it um, or it didn't take it to heart as much as I do now. But most of the time people are not going to remember the sermons or messages that I, that I give, but they will remember how I made them feel. And so, or, and, and so I think, you know, being open, loving, accepting, um, uh, shepherding, um, guiding them, uh, is going to have more. Sure, there may be some sermons like, I remember that sermon, that was a powerful, or a quote that I say all the time or whatever. They have, Pastor Will used to always say this. You know, they're made these things that they remember, but, but in terms of how I made them feel as a person, and and love them as a person, as a human being, and treat them with dignity. That that's going to go a real far way. And then perhaps they'll say, "Yeah, Jesus was important to him. Maybe I should take a deeper look at, at who this Jesus guy is." Right, right. And there is and and there is the Jesus of it all to consider as far as this period of time goes as well. And and you can have those, <clears throat> you can create those opportunities to have those conversations, and also have those times of celebrating that, you know, if it's all saints day, if it's, you know, whatever, however that looks like for you, but without just so blatantly missing the fun and games of it all, just to be able to take the opportunity to evangelize. If you're shouting evangelicalism, but nobody's listening, then what are you doing in the first place? Yep. So. Yeah, about community and relationships. And I think that's, you know, Halloween is, is one thing to be, yeah, uh, to to take the gore and horror too, too far. But there's another of like, let's have a neighborhood party. Let's gather. Let's let's cosplay it up. Let's have our imagination. Let's feel the magic of this night. Let's yeah. let's have candy. Let's have let's, let's celebrate and, and, and have fun. And, and kids, you know, kids love that imagination and play and communities are, are moving faster and faster in this highly accelerated world. And, you know, I, there's, I'm sad to say there's a lot of people on my street. I don't know their names, but this is a, you know, perhaps this night as people walk out with their kids and walk around and it's like, remind me your name again. What are you up to? You know, that, that kind of thing to get to know each other on a, on a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here to ask the tough questions. So I'm going to, I've got a question for you as we bring this in for a landing. <laughs> what is your favorite Halloween candy. Oh, man, that, that is tough. I, I, I think my go-to um, is I, I love the chocolates, you know? So I'll like, I, I like Kit Kat a lot. Um, oh. I like Twix. I like Snickers. Um, but, but yeah, we just bought some candy today uh, knowing that we're going to give it out on uh, Monday night. And I was like, all right, what candy do I want to have left over for me? And uh, for me this year, it was Kit Kats. Nice. Yeah, Kit Kats are a close second. Reese's are are the top of the mark. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm a big chocolate peanut butter too. And the packet we got was Kit Kats, Reese's together. So like they, oh, they were on the same, same bag. So we'll see by the end of the night what's getting low. I'm going to keep for myself and hand out to kids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just saying those uh, – those Reese's skulls and pumpkins and like the Christmas trees and all of that, those hit different. Those are just, they, they, extra special, you know? They, they do. Now, okay, we're going to get really controversial now. Like we may have had this conversation before, but like, all right, for those who are listening, what's, what's the verdict on candy corn? Trash or like, um, decent? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> 
to anybody who says that they that they enjoy candy corn, I have one very simple thing to say. Love yourself. Just love yourself. There's better options out there. <laughs> That's it's just there's no there's no reason to subject yourself to something like candy corn. And if you honestly think that it's good, then you need to experience other things because that just means you've got bad taste. Uh, man. And yeah, we, there's a Joshua with bad opinions. who's a host on our, our, who I think likes candy corn and that tracks. Yeah. That tracks, that tracks that he would like candy corn. (laughs) That was kind of like when I, when I was on with, uh, with TJ and I asked him what his favorite, uh, Halloween candy is. And he said, black licorice. I'm like, what kind of monster <laughs> likes black licorice? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a unique soul in the world, and yeah, and I, yeah. I I have more questions. I have more questions. When I hear that statement, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try not to judge you, but I I definitely have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so as we bring this thing in for a landing, what Halloween themed recommendations do you have for our wonderful listeners? Uh um. You know, I I was a Walking Dead fan there for a while. Robert Kirkman was Walking Dead. I would say read those comics first. Black and white comics, a um, lot of storytelling, a lot of story beats in the in the zombie genre, and then the first like three or four seasons on on um, the TV were pretty good. At some point, it started eating its own tail, and and I yep. couldn't do it anymore. But I but I those first few seasons, along with reading these comics, was um, as someone who really enjoys the the zombie genre, I I, I love that a lot. So if yeah. you haven't done that, uh, they they come in trades and and they're quick reads, easy reads, but but also um, good storytelling too in the in the zombie genre. Comics are very important piece of the history of horror they hold a very significant spot in horror's history and modern in speaking in terms of modern comics the 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 original walking dead comics they i think the comics kind of fell off in the same way that the tv show fell off a little bit but that black that black and white that storytelling that that's horror comics done really really well yep uh, for me, I'm going to go a little bit different speed. Now, mind you, like I said, I'm I'm going to be watching uh, uh, Halloween, maybe even Nightmare on Elm Street. But my recommendation is The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah, nice. That, you know, that that is such a fun story, but but much like it's it's Christmas colleague. There's so there's such deep storytelling happening in these peanut specials that there's something for kids and something for adults. So one hundred oh, and and along with um, Nightmare on Elm Street, if you haven't watched it, pull up on YouTube, uh, Dokken, Dream Warriors, the theme song to Nightmare on Elm Street, the Dream Warriors thing. Pull it up. Do yourself a favor. Pull up that music video. Listen to that heavy metal hair band. That was a video yeah. that was to promote this. The one of the versions of Nightmare. Pull it up. Do yourself a favor. Doc and yeah. Dream Warriors. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. If you're a fan of hair metal, uh, absolutely do that. It's phenomenal. <laughs> um, fun facts for uh, the for for those of you that are Nightmare fans. The theme song for uh nightmare four is um sung by the lead actress of the movie fun facts 
Nice. Um, so with that, we'll bring this in for a landing. If you have listened to this whole thing and you find yourself just needing more geeky goodness, hop on over to systematicgeekology.org. And if you want to learn more about the variety of projects that each one of us on the, on the panel are involved in, you can slide on over to the host tab. If you want to get caught up on everything that we've got going on, get caught up on the uh, Halloween SG drive-in series. Uh, you can find it all there on the feed. And if that is simply not enough, you can head on over to patreon.com slash systematic geekology and check out the incredible perks that we've got going on over there for those of you that help us keep the lights on. But for now, I want you guys to stay spooky and remember, we are all chosen people of geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.